Well, hey, if you will tonight, as we get ready to jump right into the Word, uh, I'm telling you what, I love the Word of God. The Word of God is so good, and I trust that you come with a great expectation and, and hunger for the Word, because the Word will put you over in life, amen. God wants you to be familiar with His Word, and God literally wants you to be hungry to get into the Word of God. There's something about the Word of God that will just pull you and draw you into a, a greater relationship with God. And you'll find, and, and I've said this before, that when it comes to my Bible, you know, I've been ministering from this Bible for oh, a couple years now. Uh, I, I ministered from a, a, a study Bible for a while. And, I mean, that thing was marked all up and just scribbled in and marked up and drawn in. And, but then I, I've got this one, and I'm, I'm doing the same thing. And there's just something about your Bible, that it's yours. And, and I've often said this before, when it comes to knowing the Word of God, God doesn't necessarily expect you to know chapter and verse because the Bible is never written in chapter and verse. He just wants that the Word of God is down in your heart. You know, it's not a matter of, well, God, your Word says, and He says, oh, wait a minute, here's the test. You know where it's found. He doesn't care if you know where it's found or not. He just wants it to be found in your heart. Amen? And so when, when, you, when you've got the Word of God or it's your Bible, it's God speaking to you, Again, there's just something about this Bible that just stirs you up. How many of you like going on vacation? Anybody like going on vacation? I think all of us like going on vacation or like getting away. Here's the thing that just totally amazes me. It, it, you know, it's, it's amazing to me where people say, I'm purposing to go on a vacation and get refreshed. I'm just purposing to go and do nothing just so I can just have some me time. And as they go... They leave their Bible at home. And you may say, well, what's wrong with that? I'm ta you talk about getting refreshed and restored and built up. Why not take the Why take a vacation from God? I mean, sit out there on your lawn chair and, and read your Bible. You know, put your earbuds in and listen to the Word of God or whatever it might be. Don't take a vacation from God. You want to get restored and refreshed, man, just let God do it. Amen? Amen. All right, so if you will, turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 30. We'll get there in just a moment. But we're talking about prayer. In the last few weeks that we've been ministering and talking on these Wednesday nights, uh, we said that we're learning how to pray and learning how to pray effectively. And so last week we stepped into this and just kind of scratched the surface, and that is purposing to be led by the Holy Spirit or be led by the voice of God or know the voice of God. And obviously when it comes to prayer, there's two sides of prayer. There's you talking and then there's God talking. And therefore, if God's talking, that means that we've got to have an ear to hear, right? If God's talking, we obviously want to know what He has to say. But the thing about this, this aspect of hearing from God, many are not clear on knowing God's voice. I said, many are, are not clear on knowing God's voice. Can I hear God's voice? What does it sound like? And as a result, many times we look to external things to define God's heart, God's plan, God's purpose. And many times we look at those external things and say, well, that must be God trying to teach me or speak to me or get my attention on things, right? Have we ever, I say, have we ever, I know that we all have at some point in time where something has happened, and you say, well, I, I guess God didn't want me to have that, or I guess God didn't want me to do that because of something that happened externally. Regardless of what you had a desire in your heart, 
we've allowed external things to define the voice or the plan or the purpose of God for our life, right? Well, I was believing God for some money, and I guess the money didn't come in, so I guess God just didn't want me to have the money. Well, that's not true. Maybe we just stopped listening to God as to where He wanted to direct us or wanted us to lead us. In fact, for that matter, let me just say this. Uh, When it comes to church, God oftentimes will speak to people that are His kids, that have the ability to hear from Him. And typically, those people are in church. And typically, those are the people that are sensitive to the voice of God. And so if we're really in a position where I need God to move in my life, and where if God's going to use people, then I ought to be in a position or a place where God's going to speak to His people that He just might use the person sitting next to you. Now, I'm not trying to manipulate God, and I'm not saying that's the way it's always going to happen. But, man, I just there's been so many times where I've said, God, I've got a need from you. And so today is certainly a day that I'm not going to be in church or not going to not be in church because you're going to use somebody, and it just might be somebody in my church and where I come together in church. That's where there's a mass group of people, and my odds are better in that setting. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Well, I'm going to feel sorry for myself and sleep in today and just watch the news or watch whatever on TV. Well, when you're all by yourself, it's a whole lot harder for God to use somebody when you're not around somebody. Come on, that's good preaching right there, man. (laughs) So anyways, we look to external things to determine whether it's God or not, right? Or we've been talking to God and asking about something, and it didn't turn out the way that we wanted. And somehow we define that as, well, I guess God just didn't want that to be so. Or I've been praying for healing in my body, and I guess, I guess, well, I had to go to the doctor, so I guess it just wasn't God's will to heal my body. No, that's not the case. But we'll oftentimes look at external things to define God's heart, God's plan, or even God's voice. Before we go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, I want to bring your attention in 1 Kings chapter 19. Concerning knowing the voice of God and being able to be led by the voice of God. In 1 King 19, starting in verse 11, it says this, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains, and break it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake... A fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. What's it saying? It says, God said, go over here. And then all these external things started happening. And every time an external thing happened, the Bible says that God wasn't in it. Well, I guess... It's God's desire because this happened. No, God didn't say he's in the external things. But how it said is that there was a still, small voice. That's where God was, in the still, small voice. Remember in Romans, we saw this last week. It says, those that are the sons of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. Those that are sons of God, sons or daughters, how are they led? Help me out. They're led by the Spirit of God. And then verse 18, it says that those that are sons of God, it says that the Spirit of God bears witness with their spirit that they are the sons of God. So when I am a son of God or a child of God, the Bible says that the Spirit of God leads me, but it also says that the Spirit of God in me confirms in me and bears witness with my spirit that I am a son of God. 
What does that mean? That means that my intellect, my head, does not define or tell me that I'm a child of God. But something on the inside says, I'm a child of God. I'm blood-bought. I'm going to heaven. I'm a devil-stomping, Bible-thumping believer. And praise the Lord, I'm His. And it just, it's on the inside, right? But then you have somebody come up to you. Well, you know what? I don't really think you're a believer. I don't think you're going to heaven. In fact, you need to believe like I believe. We're of the Muslim belief. And so if you don't believe like us, you're going to hell. Well, you can't ever tell me that that is so because the Spirit of God bears witness with my spirit. Are you here tonight? So the still small voice is that voice and that knowing on the inside. And I've said this oftentimes before that that spirit or that voice that's on the inside of you sounds a lot like you because it's in you. And I've said this before and we've all been in this kind of circumstance or situation where we've said before, I just have a, I I shouldn't do that. I just, man, something's telling me I shouldn't do that. And then you go ahead and you do it, and the outcome just really isn't what you want. And after it's a bad outcome, you say, oh, something told me on the inside. I just knew I shouldn't have done that. Have we ever experienced that before? We all have. And we equate that as saying, I knew I shouldn't have done that, or I said that on the inside, or something said that on the inside. But you thought it was you just because it sounded like you. But it's really the Holy Spirit. And we just chose to ignore the leading of the still small voice on the inside of us, right? God wants to lead us. He wants to direct us. So you're there in Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's go in verse 19. Verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose. Did you see what it said? I've set before you blessing and cursing, life and death. Therefore, choose. He says, therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Verse 20. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice. That you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your day. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. Notice what it says. I've set before you blessings and cursing, life and death. Therefore, choose life. But then it goes on to tell us, now obey the voice of the Lord. So if we see on there, he says, choose life, choose blessing, then God's mind is already made up concerning you. He wants you to experience life. He wants you to experience blessing. He says, now I want you to choose that, but now also be available to hear my voice. Follow my leading. Follow my direction. Hear me giving you instructions for life. And when you hear and obey my voice, that's when you experience the blessing and the life that I've said you could experience. Are you doing all right? God's mind is already made up. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So if you're looking at your life and saying, well, I guess God just don't like me. No, that's a lie. You might say, well, somebody else, God does better things for for preachers because they must be closer to God. No, that's not true. No different. It's just what God's called me to do. He's got a call on your life. It's just a matter of my call might be different than your call. But we're still all children of God. And it's all according to us following 
the voice and obeying the voice of God. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Let's go over to Psalm. Psalm 32. Amen. Out of the mouths of babes. Psalm 32. I said uh, 32. I'm sorry. I meant Psalm 23. Forgive me. Psalm 23. Yes. Well, it would be helpful if I stayed in Psalms. All right. Don't go too far because you end up in Job. All right. So Psalm 23. Are we there? I'm there. All right. So it says that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, do you know what a shepherd does? Does a shepherd lead or does a shepherd drive? A shepherd always leads. You can't push sheep because you scatter them. What do you do? You lead them. And it says this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, verse 1. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So God says, I am your shepherd and I purpose or I desire to lead you. I desire to lead you beside still waters, places of peace. I desire to lead you beside uh, or into green pastures, places where you're fulfilled and nourished and satisfied. But did you notice it didn't say that he just leads you one time? It says he leads you to green pastures. He leads you to water. So he's always endeavoring to lead us, right? He's wanting to lead us here, and once we get there, he wants to lead us here. And that's one of the things that we oftentimes make mistakes in when it comes to our prayer life or being led by the Holy Spirit or trying to follow the voice of God. And let me tell you, I am the poster child for doing this in life. We all have made this mistake before, and that is is that when God begins to lead and we begin to follow his voice, we start to move. Oh, God said, mm, and I'm moving. I'm starting to get on the, get on the, 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 the game trail man i'm just purposing to make it happen but what ends up happening is that just because god said and i'm following his leading i start moving but we just saw there that he leads us here and he leads us here when god begins to direct your path there is a start a middle and an end right and i've done this before i know you've done it as well but god says Let's begin to do something. Or here's where I'm starting to lead you. And you just start moving. And you think you've got it all figured out. And you start doing this and you start doing that. And before you know it, you've gotten to the end. You're thinking, dear God, I thought God said. And this is a total disaster and a total mess. God, I thought you said. And God says, well, I did say from the beginning. And you just started running. But you never inquired of me or you never were led by me in the middle. You just kept doing your own thing. And I was trying to get your attention. Hey, hey, taking a wrong turn. And then here where I could have been at the end and received the reward or saw the benefit or saw the faithfulness of God. I just keep on pursuing. And because God said, I thought I've fulfilled the plan of God. But I forgot to get instructions along the way. Because... He wants to lead us to here 
but it might be once I get here, it takes a turn and we lead you here. Or once we get here, it might be, okay, just hold up for a while. You've got to let some things settle. You've got to let things move and shift. I'm working on your behalf, but there are some stubborn people, and so you've got to wait and let me have some time for them to yield their hearts. But sometimes we just press on, press on, press on, and we get out ahead of God, and before we know it, we're missing the plan of God, or we find ourselves in a mess, and that's when we start questioning God. Well, God, I thought you said, and we get all bummed out, but God says, I did say here, you just didn't follow me along the way. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking to? Like I said, I know that we've all been there, but God wants to direct us and lead us along the way. We've got to be able to hear His voice and follow His leading. In John chapter 10, we're not going to turn there, but from John chapter 10, starting in verse 1, all the way through verse 27. In fact, verse 3, verse 4, verse 14, and verse, 4, verse 27, it says, My sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. We just saw that he is the good shepherd. So therefore, God said, we know his voice. Well, I don't know his voice. No, Jesus said, you know his voice. If you're a child of God, you know it on the inside. But we've got to get quiet enough and get familiar enough with beginning to identify that voice and follow the leading. In fact, we've got this misconception in, in the body of Christ that hearing the voice of God and following the voice of God is this big struggle, don't we? Well, it's difficult to hear the voice of God. I can't hear the voice of God. You mean God talks to you? Are you a weirdo or something? No, it's not hard to hear the voice of God. And there is not a struggle to follow or hear his voice. We've just got to position ourselves and get quiet to be able to hear. And purpose to begin to identify his voice. The Bible says, I know his voice and the voice of a stranger I won't follow. So that means that I've got a purpose to listen for his voice. Think about it for just a moment. Anybody... Anybody got cell phones in here? I know it's kind of a silly question, isn't it? You got a cell phone? All of us probably do. Now, maybe this is a guy thing. I can't remember. We've had this conversation just recently. I don't, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but like say, for instance, when I try to get a hold of my wife, <laughs> it's like impossible to get a hold of her. I mean, I blow up that phone. I mean, I'm calling, and I call it, and I call it, and I call it, and I'll text it, and I'll text it, I'll Facebook it, I'll call it, I'll slam it down, and I still cannot get it, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm just messing. But have you, that's just all for free, that has nothing to do with my message, but, <laughs> but have, you, have you ever been on your cell phone, and maybe it's your husband, your wife, or your children, and it's a bad connection? Have you ever had a bad connection with somebody? And it's breaking up and it's, it, it's difficult to hear. And it seems like they can't hear you and you can't hear them and it's in and out. You ever had a bad connection before? We all have. But when my wife has called me and I was sure to respond and answer it as quickly as I could, just because that's the respectful thing to do. <laughs> but when I answer the phone and it's a bad connection, even though it's a bad connection, because <laughs> I know her voice, 
it don't matter whether it's a bad connection or not. It doesn't matter whether there's crickling or cracking in the background. I know it's her voice. (laughs) Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even when it's a bad connection, when I hear her voice, I know it's hers. Why? Because I've got an ear that knows her voice. When you purpose to be sensitive and begin to position yourself to start listening for the voice of God in your life, you will begin to get familiar with it. Is there going to be a bad connection at time? Sure, because life is going to try to distort that connection. There's going to be times where things are going on and it's like, God, I'm having a tough time hearing you because of all the static and all the noise in my head right now. But God says, you'll know my voice and the voice of a stranger you won't follow. Amen? So when it comes to being familiar with God's voice, God wants us to get familiar with his voice. And I've said this last week, but the number one way that you will become familiar with the voice of God is through the word of God. Isn't it interesting that there are 66 books of the Bible and there are multiple writers of the Bible? Multiple men have written this book, but every book, every page, every word has the same voice attached to it. Amen? You don't hear the writer or the voice of the writer. You hear the voice of God in every single page speaking to you. Amen? It's consistent. And so, therefore, as we purpose to get into the Word of God, it becomes familiar to us. If you're saying, I just have trouble hearing God's voice, crack your Bible open to any page and start reading, and you will begin to hear God talk to you. And I'm telling you, I I told you how I just love the Word, and I'm a stickler for the Word. Because if it's not in the Word, then we're not having a conversation. Because the Word of God is the foundation by which God speaks to us. And oftentimes, the majority of the times, when I'm asking God for a question, He will relate it back or bring it back to the Word of God to instruct me. Or if there's times I'm saying, God, I need an answer. What does your Word say about this situation? And God will give me Scripture to build my foundation. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that, God. Yeah, your Word said that, yeah. And you use that story, and so, okay, yeah, that's where I can begin to appropriate my faith because your Word says it. And God, when God is beginning to lead you, we're talking about following the leading and the voice of God. When God leads you and directs you, he will never violate his word. Did you hear me? I said God will never violate the word of God. There's many times you'll hear people talk about things. In fact, for instance, just purposing to be led by the spirit of God. Being led by his voice. Maybe you and I have, have been in particular scenarios or we, I'll just, I'll paint some pictures of my, my personal life. When it comes to God, he will never violate his word. And you realize that the Bible says that the, the, the devil comes as an angel of light and he's as real and he's as tangible as God himself. And his voice is just as real and just as tangible as God's voice is, right? And if you remember, just in different times that we've seen in the Word of God, when he talked to Eve, when he talked to Jesus in the garden, when he was tempting him, he knows the Word of God better than you and I. 
And oftentimes, he'll take the word and give you just enough truth, but then twist it so that you're not real sure. And if you're not sure, he can get you off course. And so, therefore, it's important for us to know the word of God. And therefore, there's times that you might have experiences. But again, experiences do not override the word of God if they don't line up with the word. Let me give you an example. There's a particular person in Oklahoma that called us. This was a few years back, and, and I think I've shared this story with you before. But do you remember uh, McDonald's? They have the Monopoly uh, game that comes around. And so uh, this particular person called us up and says, I, I was praying, and God said that uh, we're going to win the million dollars of the Monopoly. And so what the Lord told me to do is to call you and you go get a, 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 a Diet Coke or a, a get something from McDonald's with a little... Uh, little pull-off stickies, and you're going to have the winning piece. <coughs> excuse me. Collectively, we will win the million dollars. And I said, well, I'm not going to do that. I said, because that's not something that I can put my faith on. That's not the law of faith. That's the law of chance, and God don't work by the law of chance. He works by the law of faith. And so right now, I can identify that what you said is the voice of God speaking to you, and I don't doubt that you're not hearing a voice speak to you. But that, does, that voice does not line up or it violates the word of God. So therefore, I don't have to get on board or get sucked into your whole drama because it violates God's word. Are you tracking with me? And so then it wasn't just too long ago, uh, or I should say long after that, that individual uh, called us and said, yeah, uh, you know, because you didn't go and get that piece from McDonald's, God said to me, drive across wherever in Oklahoma, it was a couple hours away, go to the McDonald's there and buy a Coke. And, and when I got that, that Coke, then I would have a pull-off tab, and that would be the million-dollar winning piece. So well, did you go over there a couple hours away? Again, several communities away. Did you drive over there? She goes, yep, I sure did. Say, did you get your, your Diet Coke? Yep, got my Diet Coke. Did you get your piece? Yep, got my piece. Was it the million-dollar winner? No, it wasn't. Well, it's real clear that that obviously was not the voice of God, right? And so uh, my point is this, is that many times people will say they have experiences, and many times people will have spiritual experiences. And the devil will come as an angel of light, trying to deceive and distort and distract you. But whatever God says, it will never violate his word. That's why it's so important for us to be sticklers for the word and to know the word of God. Amen. You know, I was uh, just having lunch. It was just not too long ago. There's uh, an individual. He's actually a, a, a psychologist. And as we were talking, he was asking me some questions uh, about where I, what I believe concerning God's word. And so I just shared some things with him. And then he began to open up his heart. He said... Uh, you know, I'm really struggling as a father because, you know, I've not made the best decisions and, you know, I've got some older teenage boys. And so he says, I'm a little nervous because he says, you know, I, I don't want them to go to hell. He says, I want them to know God. And he says, you know, they're struggling as teenagers and I'm just, I'm just really struggling like, God, I messed up and God, I'm so sorry. And, and I, he says, what do you do? And I said, well, I said, the first thing you can do is just ask for forgiveness. God, I messed up. Forgive me. And I said, but then you can begin to pray for your, your teenage children. And God can begin to work. And I gave him some instruction as to how to pray. And I said, but furthermore, you've been diligent through the years to have your children in church. And even though you might have messed up or stepped off course or whatever the case might be, I said, the Bible says that if you'll train up your child in the ways of the Lord, they'll not depart from them. 
And therefore, if you'll do your part, God will do his part. And therefore, that's a promise that you can hold on to by faith. His next remark was, well, that's not a promise of God. And I said, well, what do you mean it's not a promise of God? He said, well, that's just a proverb. And I said, well, it is found in Proverbs. I said, but it's not just a proverb. I said, it's the word of God. And he said, well, yeah, but it's just a proverb. It's not something that you can claim by faith as a promise of God. I said, well, okay, then let me ask you this. I said, the first part of it where it says, train up, in the, uh, uh, train up a child in the ways that sh- they, they should go. I said, do you believe that's instruction from God? He said, well, yeah. And I said, so you believe that that's what we ought to do is be obedient to that word and, and do our parts as parents and train up our kids? And he says, well, yeah. I said, okay, so the first half of it is God. And the first half of it, God expects us to own up to. But the back half is just fluff. It's just a pretty thing to say. There is no God value. There is no promise attached to it. I said, you can't do that. I said, you can't say half of it is the word of God and half of it is just a neat saying. I said, that's the word of God. It is the uncorruptible seed. It's the infallible word of God. And if God said, you do your part and I'll do mine, then you can take it to the bank that if you'll do your part, God will honor his word. My point is this, is that many times we disvalue the word of God and say, well, it's just a good saying, or I don't know that I can believe God. Listen, it is God's word speaking to you, and therefore it will direct you, it will guide you, it will take you where you need to be, because it is God's voice speaking to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. That was pretty good, wasn't it? (laughs) Concerning Jesus. You remember Jesus in the garden? Now, I might... I might push over some uh, sacred cows tonight. But the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in the garden. Remember? uh, uh, The devil took him up on a high pinnacle. He said, turn these stones into bread. He says, you know, bow down before me and I'll give you all this authority. It says that he was tempted, right? So that means that Jesus actually could have sinned, right? Jesus could have sinned. He is Jesus. No, Jesus was tempted. Well, how can you be tempted if you're not tempted? Well, it's just fluffy words, right? No, it's the word of God. Jesus was in the wilderness, and the enemy came and tempted him. Let me give you an example for one. Remember he says he was fasting for 40 days and for 40 nights? I think he was a little bit hungry. Okay, so turn these rocks or these stones into bread. It had to be a temptation, or it wouldn't have been a temptation. The whole reason why Jesus was coming, the whole reason why Jesus was coming was so that he could restore authority back to man, right? And Satan obviously had authority to give him, or he couldn't have first tempted him with authority, right? So it had to be very appealing to Jesus to be tempted with this authority that Satan had because he was and is the God of this world because ultimately that's what he came to do was restore authority back to mankind. And so therefore, Satan is saying, I'm going to give you authority, so therefore, I don't have to go to the cross. I could just get the authority from him. It had to be a temptation. Are you hearing me? But how did he withstand the temptation? The word of God. Devil, it is written. How do you withstand the temptations of life? How do you withstand the challenges, the struggles, the choices of going this way or that way? It's written. God, your word says, therefore I believe. 
And as we purpose to stand on the word of God, it is going to lead us and direct us. God says, I exalt my word even above my name. Amen? His word is forever settled in heaven. God doesn't lead us by signs. He leads us by the still, still small voice. Many times that voice sounds like the word of God on the inside. Now, this is the last thing that I'll share with you and I'll let you go. We need to put our faith on this element of being led by the Spirit of God and knowing His voice. The Bible says you have what you say. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And so oftentimes we've bought into this idea that it's hard to hear from God. I've messed up. I don't know God's voice. It's so hard to read the Bible and begin to hear God speak to me. That's where we need to put our faith on it and where we put our words on it. So what do we do? God, I know your voice. Excuse me. God, I know your voice. God, it's not hard hearing your voice. You might say, it's hard hearing God's voice. No, I said you're putting your faith on it. And you're putting your, you're mixing your faith by corresponding actions. And you're using your mouth to say, I know God's voice. Come on, it's the same principle when you're in the gym working out. Come on. When you're in the gym working out and you're like, I can't do it. I can't do it. But somebody says, come on, you can do it. Come on, just one more mile, one more mile. Come on, you can do it. And you're like, yes, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And what you do, you start talking to yourself and you inspire yourself to go further. It's really mixing your, your, your words with your faith and you purpose to step out and do what you didn't think you could do. What do we do when we purpose to say, I can't hear God's voice? No, I'm going to use my faith, and I'm going to use my words to stir up my heart and my, 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 my understanding. And God, I know your voice. The voice of a stranger I don't follow. I follow your leading, and it's easy to hear your voice. I don't get off course because I know your voice. When I read the Bible, the Word of God is alive to me, and I hear your voice speaking to me every time I open up the Word of God. When I come to, to, to church, I don't just hear a man talking, but I hear God speaking to me right, right from, the, from the throne of of God. Amen. You know, uh, Pastor Mark Hagen, see, he talked about going to, to meetings with uh, uh, Reverend Kenneth Hagen, you know, and he says that all the ministers would get together, and he said, you know, the ministers would ask the question, man, I sure hope he's got a word for me. I hope he comes right over and just prophesies in my life. And, and Pastor Mark says to, says to him, he says, well, I'm here. So because I'm here, he's got a word for me. What was he saying? He was saying, I esteem the man of God, but I am here not just to hear what the man says. I've come to put my faith on this meeting being at the right place at the right time. And it's not a matter of whether God has a word for me. He does have a word for me, and it's going to put me over in life because I've not come just to have a good meeting, just to have a good powwow. I didn't come just to see the man. I've come to hear from God. Amen. And if we'll come to church living life that way, we'll purpose to follow God's leading. Amen. And again, the last thing I'll say, after the last thing I just said. <laughs> Come on, it's preachers. <laughs> Do you remember Lazarus? Mary called for her servants to go get Jesus. Tell him Jesus is sick and he's dying. Tell him to come. Did you notice that Jesus took his time to get there? He didn't let circumstances pressure him to start moving. Just because there seemed to be an apparent need, he was led. When he got there, Lazarus was dead already. But that didn't 
move him, did it? He showed up at the right time and he had a word in season. And it was, Lazarus, come forth. Don't let circumstances pressure you to making a move that gets you outside of the plan of God. If you feel like you've messed up, God will stick with you to the end. If he's trying to get your attention and you're just hard-headed, he'll tell you again. If you just ain't getting it, he'll get you to try to get your ears cleaned out, and he'll tell you again. And if it's the fifth time, he's going to stick with you. He's going to stick with you until you get it because he loves you. He hasn't given up on you. His heart and his desire is for you to experience the goodness of God. And he wants you to know his voice. And he's going to walk through it with you. Amen. Come on, let's stand. I know I went long, but you're good. You're good. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to pray as we dismiss tonight. God, I thank you for every person that's here tonight, that they have availed themselves to be here to make the sacrifice, to pay the price, to come and not only hear a man speaking, but hear God speaking directly to their hearts. God, I thank you that every person in this place has ears to hear and knows your voice. God, we're becoming more aware and in tune with your voice than ever before. And therefore, we know exactly when and how to do something. And we won't won't get too uh, rambunctious or too... uh, excited to move before you but simply follow your direction all along the way start middle and finish god we thank you we thank you that we know who you are we know your voice and there are great days ahead in jesus name amen amen well god bless you hope you got something